and rope on, on on the scene and uh you know there's f- smoke and fire and and uh, get on the roof and cut a hole and and uh when i'm there um i get off the roof and I, i'm taking my mask off and and uh, all these older uh ladies are saying hi david What's up, my brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Fireground Fitness Podcast, where we talk about all things pertaining to life on and off the fireground. The views and opinions expressed are mine and those of the guests. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Les Thompson, David Ramirez, and Brittany Schenk, three firefighters who recently came off probation in the Phoenix Fire Department. And we talk about the journey of getting on the fire department, getting through the academy, and getting through probation. And then what we do after that. It's a wonderful conversation. Anybody who's aspiring to be a firefighter would stand to learn a tremendous amount from listening to this. And for those of us who are old salts, renew your faith in the up-and-comers by listening to this episode. You will truly be impressed by the enthusiasm and spirit and commitment to service that these young firefighters bring to the table. Enjoy. So... I'm sitting here with the with a couple of folks from the a fantastic class of 191, uh, and you guys have just recently come off of probation, and um, I would love to talk to you guys about what inspired you to become a firefighter and why you uh, uh, what you why you're doing what you're doing and, and what probation was like, what the academy was like, and how you got to where you are today and successfully uh, getting through probation, etc. Uh, before we do all that, uh, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. We'll start right here on my left. All right, my name is Les Thompson Jr., 30 years old, born and raised in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Graduated from Tolleson High School. Um, for me, the journey started uh, in high school and at the age of 18, you know, getting ready to graduate. And I had an idea that I wanted to study theology. I wanted to become a pastor. That was something that, you know, intrigued me, but also was still a little bit unsure. So I was able to actually, you know, get sat down by a, a captain that attended my church and my dad as well. And they steered me in the direction of, you know, checking out the fire service. Also, I have a cousin who's on the job as well. Uh, I remember doing my first ride along the station 30, uh, and the captain was on 930, and, you know, the rest is history. Being able to go to the station and, and seeing how everybody uh, came together, especially at Chow, and you know I'm a team team player, love being a part of a team and seeing how everybody worked together and you know, laughing and having a good time. That's just something I want to do and be a part of. And going on calls and understanding that you know someone's dialing 911, that's their emergency, and you know you have a chance to be able to go in there and try to make that day a bad day that they're having and turn into a better day. And I enjoyed every minute of it, as well as the fitness aspect of that. Uh, it felt like when you put a set of turnouts on, it's like putting on a jersey. And I played basketball four years in high school, and it was just a good feeling to be able to put on that gear and go out there and train and just be a part of that. Nice. nice. And you, sir? Uh, my name is David Ramirez. I am 40 years old, uh, young 40. Um, but uh, anyway, I uh, grew up here in Phoenix, Arizona, um, fourth-generation native. And uh, luckily for me, um, I-, I was lucky enough to have um, – some uncles on the job um growing up when i was younger and uh used to ride at uh, one of the stations here in phoenix with uh, one of my uncles and uh you know I, I think i caught the bug really early early uh, when i was young and just seeing the camaraderie and the how much fun they had and going to play racquetball together and running calls and uh and uh you know it just just um and in 
the station where I, I rode at, it was kind of in the area where I grew up. So it was kind of neat to see them make that change in my neighborhood. And so, um, you know, during high school, I, I think it was my junior, senior year, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and became part of the cadet program. And uh, that was a great network um, experience that I had, um, getting put turnouts on and putting bottles on and seeing what it's like to actually work. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, I think that's, that's, that's where it all started for me. And, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm Brittany Shank. A little bit different than these guys. I'm, um, originally from New Jersey. I've only been in Phoenix for about four and a half years. Um, I moved here after, um, I was, I worked at a big corporation back in New York for 10 years and uh, I was part of one of their big layoffs. <clears throat> so I got the opportunity to make a big change, I guess, <laughs> in, in life and, you know, where I'm living and what I'm doing. And uh, when I got here, I uh, was going on job interviews and, you know, looking for, looking for work and kind of deciding where I wanted my life to go, I guess. And, uh, just randomly on my way home one day, I drove past uh, one of the Phoenix fire stations and it just kind of clicked for whatever reason, you know, something clicked and I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. You know, and I called my dad who's a volunteer in Jersey. And so I always had a little bit, you know, of experience and a little bit of the bug. So I called him and I told him, I said, this is what I'm going to do. And he said, I know. And I'm like, man, that's so funny. Like, <laughs> how did you know? And I didn't know. But just from there. <laughs> Parents have that kind of wisdom. <laughs> just, intuition, yeah, yeah, he knew. And um, so just from there, I had to ask people, like, hey, like, what's my first step? Like, I would, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anybody. Right. So I just, you know, kind of found, um, would ask people. And then I, I heard that out here, it's EMT. You got to have your EMT. That's the first step. So I signed up for um, EMT class at Paradise Valley Community College. And um, from there, my class was instructed by um, two captains, Phoenix Fire Department captains, and um, they just, you know, got to know me. They took me under their wing, gave me some guidance, told me, you know, maybe what a good idea would be, different steps to, to getting hired. So kind of went from there. Yeah. So it's really interesting. You guys have three very different um, lead-ins to your career. And I think that one of the interesting things that it, it, that is really important for folks to understand is that it's very, very competitive to get on the job. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yes. you often hear people say, man, you got to know somebody, you got to have somebody on the inside. And let me, what is your guys' having been through the process recently? What do you think about that statement? I think that like, um, I mean, yes, you do have to know somebody, but not in the beginning. I think it's like, um, if you want to do this job and if you want to be a firefighter, I think that you have to put yourself out there and, and, uh, you know, introduce yourself to people. And, um, by doing that, obviously you're going to meet people. And, um, and that's, I think that's why a lot of times people are like, Oh, you have to know somebody. I mean, eventually you are going to know somebody, but if, if you're the type of person that, you know, um, you're an introvert and like, you don't want to go out and meet people and you don't want to learn about the job and, it's going to be harder, like yes. impo- maybe impossible for you to get hired. But if you're an outgoing person and and want to put 100 percent into it, and uh, you know you're going to do, the, you're going to make friends, you're going to network, you're going to experience and uh, learn about the job. And I think that's maybe that's why they hear that a lot. You know? I mean, it's kind of an interesting statement to say like, "Oh, you have to know somebody," because it could be a deterrent, you know, right, for right. somebody who's like, "Oh my God, I don't no, know anybody." I don't have anybody. Yeah, yeah but really, it's I, it's 
you know, getting hired isn't necessarily just checking off certain boxes. I think it's, you know, while being competitive, it's also a very individual journey. You know, like you don't really know anybody that kind of went through the exact same thing that you did or took the same steps. Um, But um, so not just doing the right things, but it's who you meet. And it's also learning what the job is about. Right. Beyond just, you know, being a firefighter and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's it's an interesting idea that you have to know somebody. Because if you do it and you're really involved and really care about getting hired, you will know people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's we we encourage people to do ride-alongs, mm-hmm. to participate in affinity groups, mm-hmm. etc. And these are all places. What's the key piece there? Right. The socialization, Social. right? You're getting to know people. Mm-hmm. And you know, where does that become manifest, right? In the interview process yes. where you sit down and now you're sharing information about that you've gathered, you know, throughout your preparations, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so for me personally, it was it was similar. I had I knew uh, I had a friend who got hired on and I'm, and from a distance I'm watching and I go, "Wait a minute. This is a real job? Like you can go and, you know, work outdoors and and work with your hands and and work and and work with people you can go out and support the community and help people but man that's really cool and you know juxtaposed against the job i was doing at the time uh was i'm like that's what i want i want i want something that's i want to be able to serve the community in a meaningful way right and so you know having that one person who's kind of shone light on it for me made a difference yeah started me down that path so what are some of the obstacles less that was you know you so you had family yes who kind of were connect to the job so that you know you had some information there that kind of you know an example that was set for you and some information that was set up for you so what are some of the obstacles that you faced in that transition or in that journey so for me when i started it was 2008 and that's when that big hiring freeze came and so it was just like waiting in the loops but at that time you know i was persistent Went to GCC, took a couple classes, and, you know, got my associate's degree in fire science and just, uh, just waiting and, you know, not understanding, you know, obviously going to the stations and writing along, but not understanding how much preparation it really took to get on this job. And that started with the test. First test came and for me, it was 2013. And I'm like, you know, I'm taking these fire science classes. I'm riding along a little bit. You know, I should be fine. Not realizing that I had to study that packet, you know, verbatim and then, you know, obviously study the packet get a good score. And then there was a whole interview process. So that first test, uh, I didn't pass. So I failed it. So I was, got discouraged. And I'm like, ah, you know, I, I'm not was sure. That, was that for lack of understanding? Kind yes. Of, you kind of went into it a little bit ignorantly? You know? Yes, I did. Okay. But, you know, I was just, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I, I write a lot. You know, I know this stuff. And it was not the case. So that kind of discouraged me a little bit. And in that loop, you know, I went back and, you know, still working at my job. And then uh, a good a good friend of mine at church, you know, he finally got the call and he got picked up. And I'm like, if he can do it, I know I can do this. So that's when I really, <laughs> like, buckled down. It's for that competitive Exactly. <laughs> and, and I really buckled down and, and gave it everything I had. So I took three tests. And the first two, obviously, you know, weren't good enough scores with that last one. You know, I scored high. I gave it everything I had. And, you know, that process, you know, it started that process. And I was able to get picked up. But, you know, you really have to dedicate yourself to this and really put everything in on the line uh i'm married three kids and that was really my what you know was driving me because just have my daughter she's two now and i was like i can't go back to working at fries you know i worked at fries for 10 years and you know i need to be able to support my my 10 year old my eight year old my two year old and that really you know gave me that driving and you know desire to to get this job and i got it 
Yeah, I think everybody's journey is different. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody's journey is different. Like we were talking about where we come from and how we how we, you know, got introduced to the job. You know, and and my my, my journey is a lot a lot longer. Um, you know, um, with the Phoenix Fire Department um, specifically. You know, I, I I've been hired twice. This is my third time being hired with the City of Phoenix, and um, you know, first time I was a red shirt back in '03. And, uh, you know, I was supposed to go through 042 and, uh, I got my, my test results to my EMT one day too late. Um, there was five of five of us going through the class together and, uh, and, um, you know, got my test results one day too late. And, uh, you know, I had to leave because I, we were all retired for, uh, with, you know, with the Phoenix fire department for almost 12 months. And it was, a, so I had to resign and it was like one of the biggest, like, hurdles in my life at that time mm -hmm. and um i just met my wife she, we weren't married yet and uh you know and then i tested again in 08 07 08 but i got hired again went through the academy had some bumps in the academy and uh you know I, again um you know it, it's just a, another another um obstacle that i had to overcome and uh you know and then i had to, I, I had to take a look at you know, who I was as a person, as a firefighter, am I going to do this job or not? And, uh, you know, when I left the academy unsuccessfully um, in 08, um, I dug deep and I said, you know what, like, this is not going to be my outcome. And uh, I went through one and two, got picked up as a reserve out in Buckeye Valley. And, uh, you know, and then I got luckily enough picked up um, pretty quickly out there. And uh, was out there for almost ten years. Ultimately, that could have, I guess, um, defined my career goals with the Phoenix Fire Department. But um, um, my work ethic, and and I wanted to prove to everyone, but mostly myself, um, who I was as a person, as a worker, as a firefighter, and I knew I could do this job. And uh, you know, I got that opportunity on Buckeye. Buckeye Valley, and um, and I, I got involved with the union, became a trustee, I ran our charities, uh, I headed our PAC, our political action committee out there, and uh, the more and more I I, I was doing this thing, being involved, um, it, it drew me back. I mean, every, everything I, I got to work with um, guys from 493 and on some um, political stuff and some charity stuff. We made our own beer and uh, <laughs> our charity beer, which is still going. And, uh, you know, it's just, man, it's just um, like this huge magnet was just kept bringing me back. And um, and I said, you know what, this is I'm 38 years old, 37 years old at the time when the test was. And I'm, I'm going to put everything into it, like everything. And I did and uh, worked really, really hard. Um, and going back to the networking thing, you know, being, being out there for a while, um, I had to re-network again, and um, some of the guys at Station 13, a couple of the guys at Station 13 worked with him um, every C-shift and uh, and just dedicated myself um, to to that. And with the support, like Les was saying, like with the family support, you know, my wife, she knew wh where I wanted to be and yeah. my ultimate goal, and, and it happened. You know, I was 39 years old, and 
like, like I said, like well, I said before, but um, like a young thirty nine, <laughs> and uh, and the academy was awesome because they went around the room and and uh, who's the youngest and who's the oldest, and it was I loved it because like um, a lot of guys say like, oh, you don't look. I'm 40 now, but you don't look 40. You don't look 39. And so, um, yeah, you got a baby face. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the guys in the Academy, there's a couple, I'm not going to mention any names because they're probably listening. But, um, we had instructors from the outside come in and ask, you know, well, who's the youngest? And somebody would raise their hand and, and then they would always point at one of the two guys like, Oh, how's it feel to be the oldest? And they're like, what? I'm not the oldest. Dave's the oldest. <laughs> and so, but that's why I say I'm, I feel like a young 39. I love the academy. Like, these guys will, oh, yeah. uh, like, from the RTO, the Chiefs, the RTOs that we had, like, the, our class, the way we bonded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had a special class. We did. Yeah, we did. And we still do. I mean, like, we, yeah. we still hang out. Um, our RTOs, um, uh, Captain um, Party was our, oh, yeah. our lead RTO. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he came down for our final evals mm-hmm. um, couple just a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was like, "Hey, you know what? Like, I'm gonna have a party for you guys. You know, we're getting together again. You know, together. That's that was our slogan during the academy. We're, we're called the tribe. But um, Captain Party had this thing where every day we would we would break it down together. Yeah, you know, get everything and together, yeah. Um, yep, everything. So, and I think that's I think before we even um, came with that like slogan. I think we were already doing that from from the beginning, you know, um, hanging out together and and getting to know one another. And I think that's why our class is like super tight. Yeah, so nice. for sure. Well, it's it's interesting that I think I think a lot about perseverance, and you know, I've always I've always been under the assumption that I could do or be anything I wanted in my life, and I've come to the conclusion that. My dream of being an astronaut <laughs> will not be realized. <laughs> However, you know, if you have goals that are more reasonable, <laughs> right? Not to say that that's unreasonable. I'm just saying, um, for all you would be astronauts out there, like there's hope, but you know, for yourself, you'll say, Hey man, this is something that I really, really want. And it's, it's even though you took a dog leg, if you will, right. You took right. A, a, an alternate route, mm-hmm. um, you know, you manage, and that road is probably bumpy and full of, you know, adversity, and and it has lots of, you know, you, you question who you are and what you're doing and your what your purpose is. Right. And I think it's fantastic that you, you know, you came back around to uh, your goal. And you know, my rescue partner did the same thing. He he had ten years on the job when we started working together, and uh, now he's a deputy chief, right? So. With Phoenix, right? But he went, he went the kind of the long way to get, to become a probie with Phoenix. You know, he already had, you know, 10 years in the system, right? right? So it's, it's important that, you know, when you establish what your goals are as a human being, and this is just kind of broadly speaking that you, you know, you have to have these goals and objectives, right? If you, if you just said, okay, well, hey, whatever, meant to be, meant to be, whatever it is, what it is, you'd have just landed and called it good. Right. But striving is really important. Right. And, um, and I think, you know, and like people ask me all the time, like, man, would you change anything? Like, would you go back? And like, if you had an opportunity to like change anything in, in your past and you know what? Like, I think we all become and what we go through defines who we are. Mm-hmm. And 100%. Um, what I went through defines who I am today. And I wouldn't change. Like I was meant to go to 19-1. I was meant to be here working as a booter. Um, probationary firefighter booter, uh, <laughs> at 40 years old, you know, and, uh, and I, I loved it. And then like, I, I love the fact that like, I, I wouldn't come out and 
go to these stations and say, Hey, you know what? I'm 40 years old. You know, like guys didn't know right. until they asked me, but, and, uh, but you know, I wouldn't change anything in my journey. And I'm, I'm sure these guys feel the same way. And Absolutely. you do too. I mean, like, Absolutely. I mean, our journey defines who we are. Absolutely. So, so Brittany, we're, you know, as we're talking about this, you know, what it, we are talking about adversity, right. And leading you, you know, you left a, I imagine a fairly well-paying job and, you know, you're in corporate America and now you're off to a new adventure and I'm sure that comes with some challenges, right? So what are some of the difficulties that you faced on your way in? Well, just simply put, I was pretty green, you know, just even to the culture. Um, I just didn't have any experience with um, a, a career fire department. I had no experience with that to see what it's like. You know, you have your ideas of what it's like and you have what people tell you. But, you know, there was a lot about the job that I didn't know. <clears throat> and uh, going through, you know, like I was saying, I was, you know, take classes and, you know, networking. You just each time I would complete something, it would be like a, okay, what's next moment? Because it, it wasn't natural. You know, it wasn't laid out. So I would have to figure out what's next. So that was just in itself um, – I don't know if I want to say an obstacle because everybody probably has like things to figure out through it, but uh, it was, you know, nerve wracking just because like I said, I relocated and didn't have too much. I mean, I have family support, of course, you know, they're wonderful, but they're not here, you know? So it was a little bit, it was a little uneasy at first, but I mean, it all worked out really well, I think for me. Um, talking about our Academy, I was on the older end of that spectrum too <laughs> with David. <laughs> So um, even that's an obstacle, you know, just being a little bit older. My recovery time is probably a little bit longer than the right, 19-year-old yeah. <laughs> going of through all of that. And, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, but just figuring out how to get yourself through um, physical challenges and, you know, just never having turnouts on before I started this process. Um, and then the first time you put them on, it's like, holy cow, it's a, it's a different, it's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. You can think that you're in all, you know, great shape and then you put it on and it's, I mean, it's different. There's no other way to describe it or it's just different, right. you know, whether you expect it or not. Right. But, uh, so just challenges like that. Yeah. So there's a perception that women, women shouldn't be on the job, whatever, and everyone, all kinds of different ideas that people have. Mm -hmm. Have you run into any, any, any internal monologues like that where you're saying to yourself like, man, maybe this isn't where I should be and I'm just a chick. You know, no, I never okay, had I'm trying, an, to, leave, I I'm trying never to bait had you a, a little bit. Yep, no, that's good. <laughs> I never had that like a, where I would say to myself, I don't think I belong here. I think okay. what it actually did was kind of light a little bit more of a fire and motivate me a little bit more. Like now, you know, I think everybody that that we work with and it gets into this kind of a job has a little bit of an ego, you know what I mean? Maybe mm -hmm. hopefully not too crazy, but you know, you want to prove yourself and you want to prove that you can do it. And like, absolutely. I have different struggles than, you know, David or less or, but they have different struggles than I do, you know, and just stuff like that. So you have to look at it as everyone's going to go, you know, find their, their niche or, or find what they're good at or what they need to work on. And yeah, I had some struggles, but it definitely, it didn't ever deter me. So. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. Well, that's a good perspective because I've, I've always felt like uh, for fear of anybody thinking I'm, you know, misogynistic jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do believe that everybody brings a talent to the table. Right. And in the fire service, you know, there's, you just never know what any one individual skill set is. Right. And so, you know, man, woman, or child, right? Yeah. There, there's a there's a talent that they have, and it's you know, as a team, we have to figure out what each person's strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. 
I'm like, hey, if you can do the job. I watched one of the tiniest female firefighters um, climb up on the back of an American La France and get this ladder out. And it was the most impressive thing. She's hanging on with one hand, grab the grabs the ladder by the you know the back, pulls it out like five you know five pulls, then drops down, runs out, grabs the gets on her tippy tippy toes, <laughs> grabs the tail of this ladder, and kind of gets it. I'm trying to. I'm not sure I'm doing a great job <laughs> describing it. <laughs> she, I'm doing actions here, which I don't know anyone can. You obviously can't see that, but the, she gets this ladder out and then you know runs over and throws it and you know, whatever. And it was impressive. I, I was like, I stopped and just watched because. I probably should have helped her, but, <laughs> but I don't think she wanted to help because she was doing such an amazing job. Right, and this, right. She's just this tiny little firefighter, but she's getting it on, mm-hmm. right? So the 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 roar of the lion, right, the, then the bite that she had was tremendous despite her size. And so, you know, to reinforce the point, it really uh, – everyone brings such a uh, different set of talents to the table. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and so anyways, I was just – I was just baiting you because I know that that's, that's a conversation that some people have. Some people have a perception that women are less so on the job. But I feel like, man, every one of us has our own strengths and weaknesses. Right. Yeah. And there are plenty of dudes Definitely. on the job who are less so in their own categories. Right. So it's right. something to keep in mind. Yeah. I feel like I heard about it more than I actually felt it. Right. So that that gives me hope because I yeah. feel like as an industry, as a fire service, we have gotten more uh, open-minded and more mm. thoughtful about the fact that, you know, you know, whatever, you know, 30 years ago, women on the job was a rarity, mm-hmm. but now they're, they're everywhere and that's great. And so, you know, it's yeah. my sisters. I love it. So awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, so you guys graduated the academy. Uh, well, about a year ago, right? Yeah. Went into probation, yes. and um, and so I'm curious, like, what was that like? What's probation like these days? <laughs> it, I think it's still, like, you hear the stories about, like, well, like from the older the, the older guys, like, on probation, I did this, and I think all those traditions are still there. What are so so for the uninitiated? What are some of the traditions you're talking about? So. You don't take a nap. <laughs> You're not taking naps on the straddle. You don't get on the recliner when everybody else is getting on the recliner. Um, you know, your first one washing, washing the dishes. You're cleaning the restrooms. You're, you know, um, you're making making your name, pretty much making your name for yourself. You know, you're you're. Uh, I, I know that that they te- they they say that you know um, your reputation starts the day that you introduce yourself to, right. to someone on the fire department, but. I think you continue to evolve, and um, as you go in different stages through your your career, like um, uh, and when the academy, you, you you're creating a name for yourself, and you know once you get on probation, you again you're creating a name for yourself and a reputation. Once you come off probation, like we just did, mm-hmm. um, you, again you're creating a, a reputation all over again. So you're always recreating yourself, and if you don't continue that work ethic. Ethic that you started with, um, um, it's not going to be good for you. Um, but I think that like the traditions, like you know, not 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 taking naps and mm-hmm. not not doing the things like um, Camp Party always used to say, like they can, you can't. So and and you and you realize that when you once you get out there, you know, like hey, you know what, they can, I can't. Right. You know, be quiet, just soak soak everything mm-hmm. in. Um, your your opinion kind of doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. you know, like be be the sponge that you said you were going to be um, in your interview, 
and uh, just soak up all the knowledge and experience that, that you ha- have around you from your senior firefighters, your chiefs, your mm-hmm. captains, like everyone, because everyone has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, and if if you don't, if you're not listening with your ears open, um, you, it's gonna pa- pass you by. Right. And uh, you know, so I think just like even me, like having experience before, um, I just kept my ears open and like, you know, this is a different job. This is a different department. Like, you know, like I, I want to learn as much as I can, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, so yeah, I think, but th- there's still traditions that, that are still here. So let me ask you last, why do you think that's so important? The traditions? Well, so the kind of the, yes, some of the traditions, but some of the deference that we show, like you come in, you're the silent, you know, the silent booter. You listen, you don't speak, you defer. I think it's just, you know, earning your stripes. You're at the bottom of the totem pole. You're coming in and, you know, who who are we to come in and try to, you know, act like we've been on the job for X amount of years. Like we're yeah. coming right out of the academy. So I feel like, you know, you have to play your part. You know, know where you're at, understanding that, hey, I'm at the bottom, but I'm going to work hard and I'm going to prove myself to my crew. And that's when I think they start to bring you in. They can trust you because of your hard work, because you're going above and beyond and you're doing, you know, basically doing your job, but you're doing it, you know, to a higher level. And that's how I was raised, you know, work hard, get your hands dirty, be the first one in there and just do what you're supposed to do. And over time, I felt like, you know, again, the crew's started trusting me and, you know, started, you know, letting me in a little bit more and getting, wanted to know me. Right. And, uh, it just, it was a good experience, you know, all, all three stations, you know, learning and you, well, you hear coming out of the Academy, you know, like for me, my first rotation was, you know, station 21. And there was some things, you know, you know, coming out, you know, that people were like, you know, Hey, this is a, a lot of, it's a different area. You know, it's a, a lot of campaign fires, things like that. But, um, you know, you go in a little nervous, a little, it's, uh, a little nerve wracking, but you go in and you you know you build your rep your reputation with them, and it's a pretty good feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. So you bring up a really good point, which is trust, right? So I've always felt like the, if I can't trust you mm-hmm. and your job, if I can't trust you to clean the crapper, mm-hmm. then I can't trust you with my life, right? Yeah. Like the little things matter. So if you're if you have the ability to focus and accomplish the little things, then I can slowly give you more responsibility, right? Right. And and you know, truth be told. Uh, we hold one another at arm's length in the fire service until you earn your way mm-hmm. into the group, right? True. And um, you know, if you can't take a, a teeny bit of uh, razzing, right. or we can't right. tease you a little bit, or <laughs> right. you know, you can't take it, well, you might not fit in the group, right? right? Like we need to know that we can trust you with our heart a little bit, right? right? Yeah. Put a little bit of emotion on the table, and and when things get sensitive, you know, are you trustworthy? And um, or when things get dangerous, are you trustworthy? You know. Will you, will you do the job, you know, we do the job that you say you're going to do. And, uh, I've got some examples running through my mind that I'm not going <laughs> to say them uh, because it's probably not good, but you know, the, that's really that, that's a critical role uh, or critical, um, time in your career right. is building those relationships, right? It's about people. Yeah. Somebody said, um, more than half of this job is if people like you, I was like, wow, I guess that's kind of true you know it's at least a lot of it um but 
all those little quirky traditions, I think they're kind of a rite of passage. You Absolutely. know, it's kind of fun, Definitely. you know, Absolutely. and it makes that first time you sit in the shadow like oh, that much goodness. better. You know, oh, you kind of hold yeah. off for That's nine still months. Weird, but and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you almost feel like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, no, everybody goes through it. So mm-hmm. to me, it like, it kind of means something, you know, like, oh, yeah, everybody goes through it. Everybody does it. And you put your time in and you earn your, like you said, earn your stripes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And you hear those stories like um, at my first station, we had Benny Ashley um, come to Station Eleven, and uh, on my last day, and uh, he told us stories. Like he sat down with. So Hulk. describe for everybody who Benny. So Ashley is. Benny Ashley is the oldest living firefighter, retired obviously, but firefighter for the city of Phoenix. He's 102 years old. Holy moly! And he drove himself there. I I, I called him and I said, you know, I, I want to invite him down, and and uh, and so he answered the phone and he's like, oh yeah, I, you know, I told him my name and. I'm working over here at Station 11. Uh, my first probationary station would like to invite you over for brunch. And so he's like, oh, yeah, thank, thank you so much. And um, the guys at 11 were saying, like, let them know that we'll pick them up, you know, in the ladder. And uh, so I said, hey, you know, the guys want to know uh, if you want us to pick you up in that morning. And Nope, I'm going to drive myself. Oh, wow. And so 102, it was during the summertime. And he comes over. And, uh, man, he he... It was just amazing. Like the whole, everybody was just like quiet and silent for like three hours. He, and it was awesome because nobody got a call in that oh, time. Awesome. So he was telling us stories about when he got hired and his his probationary, um, how it went. And and you hear the same things about you know washing the dishes and these guys um, razzing them a little bit with the, with the mop and and putting soap in the mop. And he was, <laughs> and like you know and it's just uh, those stories of. Uh, of like like you said, Britt, like the rite of passage, yeah. you know, and and you're like, man, like that stuff is still going on, and like, and it's just amazing just to be part of that tradition and like that history, and and uh, so, but yeah, I think that um, uh, it, it's just all amazing of of like that tradition and those values and the, like proving yourself and mm-hmm. and uh, to the crew and and you know, it's 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 really neat, absolutely. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just reminiscing. <laughs> I was thinking, thinking back to the time that I got tied down to a backboard and covered in condiments from the, covered in kitty condiments. <laughs> fighting oh, for my snap. life. <laughs> That's how you know they love you. They don't want to spend yeah. kitty, kitty money on your, on, <laughs> wasting it on your head. Uh, oh. um, okay, so. So speaking of probation, right? So this engagement with uh, the social aspect of it is really, really important, right? Like building the relationships with the people you work with is really, really important. So that's one lesson. What's a lesson that you learned the hard way or the easy way during the course of your probation has well, has shaped who you are? What's a, what's a lesson? Well, I think routine is pretty important, like establishing a routine especially as a probationary firefighter. But it's also, like you were saying before, um, if you have that routine, it's attention to detail. So know your equipment, know your truck, know everything, you know, before, just in case something does happen at 8.05, you know, you get there and something, you get a career call. Um, so just establishing a routine and sticking with that routine. I mean, but at the same time being flexible. You know, tell me more about it doesn't necessarily, (laughs) you know, you could show up and and I'm just giving probationary examples because that was that's my experience so far. Perfect. You know, you have your 
your routine, you get there, you check off your truck, you do all, you know, get all your equipment ready for the day. But then your captain wants to do something and he wants to do it now. Oh, you do it now. You know, don't worry that you didn't clean the bathroom yet. You'll get to that later. You know, so it's little things like that. Um, but it's about, I think, uh, having a routine and having, um, that attention to detail is pretty important in the job and it just translates to every, you know, every aspect of this job. So that was, I mean, it's learning that on a smaller scale, basically. Yeah, I think so too. I think like you have to like, also as a probationary, like you want to do so great because you want to prove yourself to these guys and girls. And like, um, that sometimes you, you find yourself wanting to do everything, everything like, you're on a call and you're taking blood pressure and then somebody gets the blood sugar and you're gra- trying to grab the blood sugar, but you're trying to grab doing this. And I, I think that like it, it happens at the station too. Like, you know, like you said, like you're checking your truck off, you're checking all your equipment off and doing it. And then you see somebody with a mop and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, I need to hurry up and do this because I need to grab that mop. You know? And so like, I think sometimes like, um, just, making sure that you go through your motions mm-hmm. and like taking your routine and making sure like, you know, Hey, if they're helping out, that's great. You know, it's all about teamwork anyway, but, um, you know, I'm trying to slow down and, and focus on what you're doing at your, your, your task level, like what you're doing right now mm-hmm. and, uh, not trying to think ahead because then, then you just get discombobbled and, yes. and uh, so uh, taking everything at you know a little bit at a time. So, I would say, you know, being okay with failure and making mistakes because, you know, just getting out of the academy and going to your first rotation, everything is different. You know, you're set on that academy standard. Someone's got a stopwatch in front of you and you're just trying to go, go, go as fast as you can and then trying to integrate it into the station and your first rotation, just understanding, hey, slow down a little bit, you know, take your time, be okay with making mistakes you know, like and that was hard for me because obviously you know being able to take criticism which is fine but just me wanting to be perfect and, and and doing everything the right way and and having to be understanding like hey you know what you made a mistake it happens just yeah. learn from it and you know it won't happen again obviously some things will happen but just understanding that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay just learn from those mistakes and you know become better in and and at your craft and what you're trying to do yep. yeah i mean bottom line it's it's a time of learning yes mm-hmm. you know what you can gather and what you can get from your senior firefighters, from your company officers, you know, it's, you're there to learn. Like they, you know, then yeah. they know, yeah. you know, that we <laughs> are at the bottom, don't have right. the experience, but, uh, right. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's very, very important to recognize that because what I would submit to you is that your career is a time of learning, right? Like there, so if you come in thinking, man, okay, I got out of Academy, I got this licked. Uh, you're screwed. There's there's so much to learn. And, you know, after 22, well, just, just under 22 years, I'm still learning. I, mm-hmm. I come to work and I'm like, oh man, there's more information. There's more learning. There's other places to gather information. So it's, you know, it's important to be fair with yourself right. and, and recognize that, hey, you're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. And the key is, can you recover from the mistake, right? And this takes us all the way back to David's beginnings, right? That he made some errors and he recovered, mm-hmm. and that's huge, right? So this idea that we're gonna, you know, have a little bit of self love and uh, you know a little <laughs> bit of uh, allow ourselves a little bit of um, slack mm-hmm. so right. that we can, and then and then, but but be dogged in your commitment to uh, 
figuring it out, right? Right. It's you know, if you make a mistake and you just beat yourself up and you just like, well, that's that. Walk away with your tail between your legs, doomed to repeat your mistakes. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that sucks. That's sucks to be you because now you're in big trouble. Right. Right. So it's, and the funny thing is, is you know, you can talk about it and we can sit here and we all agree, but the execution of it is is a challenge, right? Absolutely. It takes takes a lot of uh, a lot of work and a lot of just a lot of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think you got to be aware that this is happening to you. Right. And then double down. Absolutely. So the, um, here's another question I have for you guys. I had questions. <laughs> <laughs> what was your, what was your, this is a double sided question. So I'm going to start with the, we're going to start negative and then we'll uh, flip it. <laughs> what was your least favorite part of probation? Uh Oh, go rapid fire. Go. I don't know. Oh, don't get all Pollyanna. <laughs> it was all wonderful. <laughs> Everything was great. Everything was, yeah. Yeah. What was the hard, What was the hardest part of probation? Um, having to, I, having having to, to stay busy and not, not being able yeah, to Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a right. good one. Last one up. First one there, last one to sleep, mm-hmm. last one to leave. Like, that was tough. Okay, good. All yeah, right. it was a grind. I mean, I, I was tired by the end of the shifts. So I would go home in the morning and I was tired. So maybe that's probably... What I would say is the hardest. Tired. You just, Tired. yeah, you, you go all like all twenty four hours. You're going, <laughs> you're on. So yeah, I I think too is like uh, maybe was the forty year old tired? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was tired. <laughs> Some of the guys were like, "I'm your same age. Like, there's no way that I can be a probation." And I, I was like, "Oh, great, that makes me feel a lot better," you know. But no, I think like maybe like. Uh, Going into stations and like, um, you try to build that. You build a reputation for yourself at your first station, Mm -hmm. at your second station. But every time you move, you're starting kind of starting all over again, and you have to prove yourself all over again. So that comfort level with you, you had with your crew at the first station per se, and they loved you, and they you know they trust you, and and they know exactly what kind of worker and hard worker you are. Then you start all over again, right, and right. Uh, building that trust, and and uh, and especially at the third station, you know, at your last station, <laughs> yes. um, you know, uh, you, you go so to your last just... station, and you're like, man, I proved myself for the last six months, and I have to start all over again, you know, <laughs> right. for another three months, and but um, you know, I, I think that's, but as a rover now, like you know, we've only roved what two, two, shifts. two shifts, and uh, you know, but you do that every single time, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to build that trust every single day, and you only have a day, like to yeah. uh, to build that trust mm-hmm. um, when you come in as a new guy, and like, you know, how long have you been? And for me, like, you know, if I take my hat off, like, I have some grays, you know, like, <laughs> and so I don't get asked if I'm a, a, a new guy, but right. you know, uh, most of the guys. Um, uh, you won't ask me like how long have you been be- our roving? Uh, oh, two shifts. Yeah. I'm like, you <laughs> right. know, but uh, just started. I, yeah, it, it, but it's it goes back to like um, continuing to prove yourself in like your work ethic every single day that you go to work because this is that one time like you're saying like you're gonna make mistakes, but you don't want to make the same mistakes over again. Like you don't want to be that guy that to to get on a call and be like, hey, where's the blood pressure cuff or you know mm. why is the battery dead on the mm-hmm. monitor? Like mm-hmm. you don't want to be that guy. Or, Hey, the saw doesn't start. You know, you check the saws off this morning. Like, right. you know, like you have to prove yourself every single day, every single time you come to work. Well, and not only does your potential reputation suffer, but the mission suffers. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And the, the whole purpose of our being here is to get on that truck, roll out, 
and take care of Mrs. Smith. Yes. And so if I'm remiss in my duties because I get a little bit salty or I'm lazy or whatever, right. I assume the booter did it or whatever, yeah. right? I think that I make these assumptions and then the mission fails. And that's, to me, that's where it's like, hey, that's unacceptable. Like at a certain point, we, we all have a line to tow um, and you know we all have a position and function to fulfill. Right. And that's so that we can get a job done, right? We can do a mission. And um, so it's really... Heartbreaking to me when when folks get uh, complacent right. and they get a little long in the tooth and you know this idea that you know what you you know you talk about being driven by this idea that uh, my reputation is on the line that's huge but and and I think man the mission is on the line True. right if we're not coming into work and doing our thing um, you know we get that call at eight oh five and we're not ready to roll. Or we don't have our equipment, and somebody might not do so well on the right. on the receiving end of our service. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know. yeah. I think that's one thing. Like Phoenix Fire Department prides itself, and you see it. Like you know, going above and beyond for Mrs. Smith, like you said. Like, and uh, it's that's the job that you, everybody's trying to do. And right. Like you know, you don't want to be that weak link to make like the mission fail. So you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You know, you talk about checking your truck and it, there's lots of little details, lots of little things. You know, you mentioned, um, getting distracted or, or getting pulled away to go do something else. And, you know, I remember running, you know, not too long ago, running calls and, and being busy. And then like, Oh man, I forgot to restock the box because mm-hmm. damn, we haven't been back to the station in three runs. And, you know, and then you show up and you're like, no IV tubing or whatever. Right, right. Like, Dang it. This is not good. Um, you know, or you roll back to the station, you're fatigued, you haven't eaten mm-hmm. and, and, you know, three calls have gone by, but you're starving. So you're like, well, I'm going to run and get some chow. And you don't restock the box. You know, these mm-hmm. little things, yeah. right? So that attention to detail that you mentioned is so important uh, to our effectiveness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it does come back to reputation. And mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the, you talked about roving for a second. And I think it's really important that we spend a little bit of time there because, you know, the relationships we have on the, in the firehouse are built on trust. So how does, and I know I'm asking you guys, I'm putting you in a real tight spot here because you're new to this, but how does one really build trust in a time compressed window? I would say just, you know, still doing what you did when you're on probation, coming in and understanding, hey, you know, I'm here for the day, but I'm going to work hard. The little bit of time that I do have, I'm just going to, you know, go and, and sweep the bay, drive them out the bay, mop the bay, check off the truck, clean the bathrooms, and then kind of check in with everybody. And I feel like that right there goes a long way yeah. in how people look at you and perceive, you know, this kid's coming in working hard. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like opening up the door a little bit, and then you get to come in and, and have a conversation and go from there. Yeah. Exactly. You said check in with everybody. What do you mean by that? You know, once everything's done, and sit down and check in, you know, make sure, hey, how's your day? You know, how you doing today? Or, you know, how, how are your days off? And, you know, seeing how everybody is, how, how people are feeling for that day, kind of get a feel for them and, and go from there. I mean, even before that, introduce yourself. Exactly. I mean, that, first just, that seems like it should be, you know, so simple, but sometimes, you know. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, yeah, I don't know who that guy is. He's been wandering around the station all day and never yeah. said hello. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm like, that's, yeah. you know. Seems like it would be natural, but like you don't everybody. want to be the weird, you know? like you know, going back to party, but like he, his little things that he says, like <laughs> don't be a weirdo, you right. know, don't be the weirdo guy that's like sweeping and cleaning, and like he hasn't even said hi right. to me, you know. So I think like by you being outgoing and just like putting yourself out there is gonna like open up the con- open up for conversation, like, right? Oh, 
who are you? Right. You know, and then they start to build trust really quick. Mm-hmm. And then through your work ethic, like you said, less like then they, they come to see who you are. Kind right. of, but, so. yeah. yeah. Just got to go there and be yourself. Yeah. yeah. Really. I mean, cause do you ever, you know, you meet people and they're either trying too hard or they're <laughs> being, you know, recluse and that makes everybody uncomfortable, right. you know? So if you just go there and, and you're yourself, people Wait, res- you seem recluse to or recluse. Because <laughs> a recluse is somebody who's a wild child. Oh, then I but said it wrong. <laughs> a, re- a recluse is somebody who sh- is a shut in, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> New Jersey thing. There's some New Jersey coming it's, in. It's just her accent. That's, it comes out every once in a while. <laughs> well, so that's that's exactly right. That that the piece you're talking about the the social the social bond the, the the relationship piece. It starts with saying hello, and then I think it starts with. uh you know, asking some quality questions. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know this first do. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, we were talking earlier about when we were standing in the foyer. We were talking about roving, and when I was an engineer, the door. You know, if I wasn't really familiar with the area, the front door would roll up, and we're getting ready to go on a call, and I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what direction I'm facing. <laughs> you know, and the cab's like, go west, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which way west is, right? So that's a, I got a fifty-fifty shot out the gate here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so going in and, and, you know, you guys really good points, right? Go in, take care of your business, take care of the truck, do your, fulfill your position and function, go clean the crappers, take out the trash, participate in the station, introduce yourself to people. You know, you talk, what less you talked about, um, talking about, you know, what you're doing on your days off, right? Like building relationships with people is so freaking important. Absolutely. You know, I think it was Bruno Cini said, I quote this all the time um, because it's so funny to me because it, it, it's just so perfect. But he says, 2% of what we do is tactical. The rest, the 98% is human and humans are emotional, right? It's about human beings, it's about yeah, relationships, right? right. right? Yeah. So you said, don't be the weirdo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're looking around and you're like, man, I don't, there's nobody weird at this station. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you might be that guy. You. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I said I would take it positive. So, what's the what is your favorite your favorite moment from probation? Now, you know what, David? I actually I know what yours is. I want you to tell me the story because you told oh. it to us before okay. about uh, about Station Eleven. Okay, so um, my first rotation was at on uh, Ladder Eleven, Station Eleven. And it's funny because I, I grew up right next door, like just the neighborhood just east of 11 on 28th Street and Roosevelt. Um, and uh, so we're, we're there. I think it's my second or third shift there. And uh, fire kicks out. and You know, everybody's running the truck. And I'm like listening to the address. And I'm like, man, that's across the street from the house I grew up at. And so we would go up on scene and, and roll up on, on, on scene. And, uh, you know, there's smoke and fire and and we're going through the, the whole you know uh through our steps and uh, get on the roof and cut a hole and and uh when i'm there um i get off the roof and I, i'm taking my mask off and and uh all these older uh ladies are saying hi david and hi david i'm like hi hi and like the the captain that was working for that day and there's this lady uh she's waving at me the whole time and uh He's like, who is this lady waving at you? Like, she's been, and I was like, oh, that's my mom. And then he's <laughs> like, what? Your mom came to the fire? She follows to the fire? And I was like, no, no, no. That's the house I grew up in. My mom still lives there. And he's like, I was wondering, like, why everybody's saying hi to you. Like, what's going on? So, uh, yeah, my, my first hole that I cut was across the street from the house I grew up in. And, uh, you know, 
he's like, let's go say hi to your mom. And, uh, <laughs> so it was funny too, because, uh, um, the PIO on, on, sh- on shift that day was, uh, Kenny Overton. And, uh, he, um, he parked in front of my mom's house and, uh, my mom was outside and she's like, you want water? You want a bottle of water? And he's like, uh, who is this lady? <laughs> sure. I'll take a bottle of water. And I'm like, she's and uh he's like she's like yeah my son's over there uh on the roof and he's like what son's on the roof and, and uh unexpected told, yeah and she told she told him who i was and he's like oh yeah you know like this is crazy like what what are the chances that like on the very first station the very first fire like he's across the street from the house that you know he grew up in and like that was just amazing for me and like it, it came full circle to like you know, I've always wanted to, to work in the neighborhood that I grew up in and, like, give back to the community I grew up in. And what better way than, I mean, I mean, it was it was a good save, but I cut a hole in somebody's yeah. house. But, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing the job, like, in the, in, the, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, like, it doesn't get better than that. That's you know? awesome. So. Hey, man, one of the, the hallmarks of the fire service is being able to serve in your community. Right. And I think that's just so rewarding and really neat. It's one of the, you know, having, uh, you know, living now so far away from where I grew up and I grew up in the Northwest. Uh, that's one thing that I kind of regret in my career is that I don't have that. I think uh-huh. it's really cool that you have that, you know, be able to serve right there in the community where you grew up and they right. raised you up and now you're feeding mm-hmm. back into it. Man. Yeah, really I just worked there. I just got off there. I was lucky enough to roll in yesterday awesome. and uh, I'm just like uh, that crew, uh, the same crew that I, I booted there. And yeah. they're like, you know, it's just like coming back home to a yeah. family that, that, that you haven't seen in a long time. And they're like, Oh man, like, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. and so it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great time. That's great. Yeah. What about you, Les? So for me, um, it would be, you know, riding at the station and, and them sitting you there on your rotation. And my last rotation was at Station 60, and I rode there for two years, like almost every sea shift, and just dreaming of, you know, facing forward and not having to sit backwards, but just knowing <laughs> that, hey, I, I might be able to come here one day. And when I got to go there my last rotation, it was a, it was a dream come true. Same group of guys there, and they already knew me. But, uh, you know, I wanted to prove myself even more and, and don't let them know, hey, you know, you didn't waste your time on me and I'm going to come in and I'm going to work hard and show you that, you know, this is this is my thank you to you. And, you know, I, I got to do that. So that was a big positive for me. Yeah. That's really cool. That was cool. So I didn't ride at any of the stations that I booted at, but um, just to be a booter and then have a rider come in, that was really a cool experience because you're on the other end of it now and you get to, you know, maybe teach them a few things and show, you know, somebody that's totally new to the process or totally new to the department like mm-hmm. it was it was kind of rewarding you know it was pretty neat to be on the other end of it like you made it you know they look right. at you like oh i wouldn't be in your <laughs> shoes <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's really cool is you're gonna you're gonna find opportunities to do stuff like that the rest of your career mm-hmm. and i would challenge you to to constantly be looking for ways to give back to those who are coming behind you right because mm-hmm. there's at every level in the game, there's somebody who you can mentor mm-hmm. and who right. you can inspire mm-hmm. and who you can share information with. And, you know, you know, whether you feel like you have it or not, you have information you can share, you know, at, at your level. And that's huge to be able to give that back. Yeah. It's really kind mm-hmm. of, it's a neat opportunity to do that. Yeah. And, um, no, I, I think it's great, you know. It's great that you get a chance to do that and, you know, have someone come in. You're like, oh, wow, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Let me show you this air pack over here. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little something about this. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you. So now that you guys are, uh, you've, you've got on the job, you made it through the academy, you've gotten through probation. Now you're out on the roving trail. You know, what's next? 
I don't know. Just like, uh, like we said before, like our classes, uh, is an, a tight knit group, like our, and like making sure that we stay together. Um, and you hear that a lot, like, you know, like, Hey man, like the guys that you come on the job with, you go to the academy with, you'll be friends forever. You'll be family forever. And making sure that those bonds like never get, um, separated. And, and, uh, so I think that's very important. And I think like, you know, I think some of us want to be paramedics. Some mm-hmm. of us are medics already, but I think like making sure that we're there for each other to, um, like support each other along the way, you know, if, so if we want to test for engineer or captain later on down the road, I think like being there first to support each other is, is huge. And so, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I want to just want to continue learning. And, exactly. You know, it's yeah. a whole different ball game now, yeah. you know, now you're, you're essentially you have freedom. You're not free, but you have freedom. Like mm-hmm. if you, you could do whatever you want in a sense. And, you know, it's just continuing to, you know, learn the job and, you know, ask questions and, you know, stay, stay in shape and just keep climbing that ladder and, you know, want and having goals and aspirations and dreams to, you know, whatever it may be, you know, I, I potentially want to be a medic and, you know, be a captain and just keep going and climbing that ladder. But just really, you know, finally learning this job now and going to different stations and picking people's brains and just, you know, just getting after it and just really, you know, you know, um, yeah. We all want to get after it, like, every single day. Like, yeah. we were hoping for, you know, work that we train for. Exactly. You know? And, right. like, I think, like, man, like, you hear a fire kick out in other areas, and you're like, dang it. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> you go look up who's on that <laughs> yeah, track. Yeah, like. <laughs> you find out with See? one of your, your classmates, right. and you're like, you're like. Who's there? Cut a hole. Like, right. <laughs> you know? But I think it's like, um, you know, just continuing to build that reputation that you, that that you strive for not only yourself, but for the department, for your trust, for, you know, every single day. So rescue spots. That's yes. I know we have some, we don't have any fuzz at all. Like, <laughs> you hear, you hear like, Oh, this rescue is open. And I'm like, Oh man, that'd be great. Right. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah. Yeah. It could happen. So. Absolutely. Oh man. I think you guys, you brought up some really good points and the, that what I heard there, the key word that I heard there, or the word I'm going to put on what I heard you guys talking about was the disease of complacency, right? It is so important to continue to strive, to continue to be building and developing and, you know, nurturing Mm -hmm. the relationships that you guys established in the Academy. And, you know, I kind of started thinking about, man, like the relationships you have with your Academy mates are, you know, it's, it's work, right? This is a workplace, but it's so much more than that, right? This is a family and we, uh, it's not always perfect. Uh, like no family is perfect, right? right. Uh, everyone's got that guy in their family. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, but we have an obli- we, we have an obligation in my opinion to look out for one another. Right. And Absolutely. that's, you know, and that, that is something that happens off the job as well. Like knowing people's families, knowing yep. what they're going through, mm-hmm. what type of shit storm they're dealing with mm-hmm. and, you know, and celebrating the good stuff, booing each other up during the bad, but and celebrating the good yep. and, and, you know, checking in on each other and striving with one another mm-hmm. and encouraging each other. It's, it's huge, man. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's an, it's one of the things that I think we all, uh, really value in this industry and uh in you know it's it's a big part of it so yeah. 
keep keep nurturing that garden absolutely oh yeah this is amazing absolutely like you, yeah. you you've like we were talking about it like uh um like you i think you said it the other day on social media or facebook the last oh, week yeah like was it yesterday yeah it was yesterday. yeah like you don't understand um the greatness of this job until you actually are doing it and uh how lucky we are to be like the chosen few you know but um, yeah, it's it's amazing, unmatched, yeah. unmatched. And everybody says it just keeps getting better, and every new step you take, you're like, yeah. "Yep, keeps getting better." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it does. Right on. That leash gets shorter and sh- or longer and longer. <laughs> A little right. more you know? slack. Yeah, we st- I still don't feel comfortable in the shadow. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's the theme of this conversation. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with the shadow. <laughs> All right. Well, don't let your meatloaf, as they say. Because it can get sucked into that strato and oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Any final thoughts, Les? Uh, you don't have to have any. I'm trying to. I'll let somebody else <laughs> inspire me. <laughs> no, I just go ahead. Cool Corey. to listen to everybody. Like their different stories and their different experiences. We just went through the same thing together, but can take so many different things out of of you know our own experiences. So it's yeah. just kind of cool to. Yeah, everybody's journey is different. Absolutely. Everybody's journey is different. Like, and, uh, but I don't know, just having fun and because it goes by so quick. Like, our probationary, you you can't wait to get done with with the academy and you can't (laughs) wait to get done with probation. Um, and like taking a, taking a second and take a step back and live in the moment, be present. And yeah, and Mm -hmm. you know, if you're having a bad day, then, next day is going to be better. Like, you know, but like live in the present is like a thing that I've been trying to do every single day. And like, um, but specifically at work, you know, and not rushing the next 20 years, you know, and, uh, just soaking everything in because it's going to go, everybody says it's, oh man, it's going to go by so quick, you know, and, uh, and you see it, you know, absolutely. Like it seemed like yesterday we got the phone call and, uh, <laughs> right. you know, but like for it, you, it was, let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. See, yes. Uh, but yeah, like I think like just living in the present moment and, uh, learning from your experiences and your failures and, 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 and not repeating them. And so just remembering, you know, where you came from and how much work that you put into it to get to where you are and just never taking that for granted. Yeah. And to the listeners out there, just, you know, realizing if this is what you really want, then why not you? And really take that initiative, that step to really go after it and making a priority of, you know, getting on this job because it is obtainable. It is possible. And we, you know, we experienced that and it's just, it's just an awesome feeling. And I'll be sitting in the back still and just looking out and like, I'm here. It's like, my job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you dreamed about it. You fought for it. And it's like, wow, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I like to roll down the window and hang my head out like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> the happy puppy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so if somebody uh, wants to reach out to you, each one of you individually, and say, hey, man, I need a connection point or whatever, how would they reach you on social media or wherever? What would be a good they want to reach out to you? For me on Instagram, I think DM me on uh, at DRAM42. DRAM42. Yeah, it might, spell that out. So D R A M. So it's David oh. Ramirez, but check. Yeah, D Ram forty two at on Instagram. Uh, for me, it would be uh, I think it's uh, yeah, it's L T underscore underscore two zero four eight. That's my Instagram, or you can check me out on Facebook. Uh, Les Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> 
You might not want to reach out to Brittany. <laughs> She's unavailable. Social period. media is not my not my strong point. <laughs> but you can follow the tribe too. We have a, yeah. What's the yes, tribe? Yes. Yeah. What's the tribe? So page? it's kind of long, but it's the tribe. Um, one word underscore nineteen dot one. So the tribe underscore nineteen dot one, and it's nice. our it's our uh, our academy page. Nice. Let's make that the focal point. If somebody wants to reach out to you guys, they go through the tribe yeah, underscore perfect. 19.1. Yep. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Hey, man, I really appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to sit and rap with me and um, and share your thoughts and feelings about, you know, being a firefighter and about probation and about the beginning, you know, the the, the, the commencement of your career. It's a huge accomplishment and a, and a really amazing experience that you guys have had have have had and, <laughs> and it's the beginning you know it really just is this next beginning right like you go through these phases these wickets and now you're on to the next adventure which is being a uh, you know fully unleashed firefighter in the system and off you go right so right. it's um it's awesome and i appreciate you guys sitting down and sharing with me thank you very having much us. appreciate this you this was fun yeah all right that's all we got for today thank you les david and Brittany, for your time and for sharing some of the thoughts and ideas that you have in your head about how to be a firefighter, how you got here, and how to sustain your enthusiasm out the course of your career. If you are enjoying listening to the Fireground Fitness Podcast, I implore you to go and subscribe on whatever platform it is that you enjoy listening. Subscribe. Then get on over to Apple Podcasts, rate the podcast, leave a review. It's one of the ways that I can get feedback and uh, improve what we're doing here. If uh, if you want, you're able to reach out. Reach out to me via Instagram, on Facebook, or you can reach out through email. Uh, I'm at raingray at firegroundfitness.com. All that being said, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Now go on out there and get some.